Welcome to another episode of the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And yeah, this, is a, this was such a long time since we, uh, since we did this. Eons ago. What? Such a long time ago. 25 hours ago. Man, it's like it was just yesterday. I hate you. <laughs> Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. Thanks for listening, as always. And I don't know how else to start this than the same way I started it off yesterday. Sabres. Penguins. The Penguins suck? Uh, Are they bad? They, they've done this before. And usually what happens is their coach gets fired. They storm to the playoffs again. Or they start off slow and then pick it up as the season goes along. They're slow, but then there's last in the Metro. Yeah, but it's not like it's by a margin. I know, but it's, they're third last in the East. But it's still not by a margin. It's not like it's a margin of how much they're out by. I know, but their goaltending is not helping them in any no, way anymore. No, it's not. I it, mean, it, they look like Murray, fools now for the expansion draft. Well. Don't they? Eh, what, what does I mean, Flurry do in his first season in Vegas? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I know Murray hasn't been all that and great. Murray hasn't been that good since Flurry has left. Shows him mentors can do. But you got to remember, too, Matt Murray's still only – he's 24. That's true. Goalies do Let's tend remember to, uh, that. Be up and down as young goaltenders. So. Yeah, but at the same I, time, like – you have to start asking yourself, a team that has Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Phil Kessel shouldn't be this bad. Goaltending and, and it, But it's not like they are bad. Like, I still think they're going to pick it up later as the season goes along. And a lot of the numbers don't really suggest they are the worst team. They're only the worst team because of points. That is they true. also have played the least amount of games in their division. Which is weird, but... It's not by much, though. I mean, they played 18 games. Everyone else in the division has played 19 or 20. Yeah. It just it doesn't make sense to me to see Pittsburgh at the bottom like that with the star talent that they have. By the way, the Sabre killer is out for tonight. Yeah, Crosby's not playing. And that, that doesn't help, too. I mean, your that, best player's out. Well, you know what that He's helps? He's been out. You know, what that, you know what helps? That helps. That helps the Sabres. Well, yeah. Sidney Crosby has a personal vendetta against the Sabres. I just can't figure out what it is yet. The man against Buffalo is just... He's just legendarily terrifying. It's like Lundquist. But then again, that's what you get when you have a star player facing off against a team because they're a star player. Yep. It's like they're really good or something. Yep. And it doesn't matter what team they face. They're just going to go ahead and do the same thing that they always do. But that said, you don't have to worry about him today. That is a major relief. Connor Sherry in his first game back in Pittsburgh since being traded. First time facing his old team since getting traded. And there's going to be a couple of those this year. We've already had a couple of them. And now this year, I mean, and now this game, it's Sherry's turn. Yep. You're going to have Skinner later in the year. Yep. And Hutton against the Blues. And Berglin. Berglin, Saboka. Yeah. Maybe Tage. Don't well, know Tage, yet. Tage, yes. Yes and no. There's a chance but, that I mean, he could it be It doesn't there. really – it's not as – it's not as significant. Yeah. No, not as significant. That's true. He didn't really spend much time there. This, though, is a winnable game. And I'm not going to go ahead and say I expect the Sabres to beat the Penguins. 
That's uh, that's not something that's in my vocabulary. Let's yet. Remember, they're still Pittsburgh. They're still the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's still going to be a challenge. Yep. You still have a successful road trip here. Four points out of four in the two road games against two of the top teams in the league, let alone the Western Conference. I just think that the Sabres, we got to start talking about what this team can do. And are you going to be afraid of any potential playoff matchup anymore? Because this team is just getting things done. It doesn't matter what the opponent is anymore. And that's the biggest thing. I think for me, just get in. Get in. I don't care who you face. Because the question you becomes, want, You do want a good matchup, yes. But, but at you, the same time, though, once you're in, anything can happen. Anything can happen, yes. That's the playoff. That is the playoffs. That is true. But we also knew going in last year, for example, you knew Philly wasn't going to stand much of a chance. You knew New Jersey wasn't going to stand much of a chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you knew those teams were going to be the chances of the it are round. The chances of of it are still low. Like, if they go in as a wild card team and they have to play Tampa in round one, the especially if Tampa's playing really well heading in, yeah, they're going to have, they're likely gonna, not going to survive that series much. The chances of them actually beating the Lightning in, the, in a seven game series are very low. But at the same time, it's not a, it's not a lock. It's not a lot. That's and all, and that's that might be all it takes, and to that, just make a series out of it. Look at Colorado, Nashville last year. People didn't give Colorado a chance. They were basically saying Nashville in three games, and Colorado pushed them to six. That's true. I, I just, I, I guess the question becomes for me and for any listener is: Are you scared of anyone with this team? Are you looking at a potential playoff showdown? And yes, twenty games in, I'm talking about playoff showdown. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking playoffs. That's right where now. that's where I'm at with this team already. Is I'm there, I'm already in, and yeah. and if they don't make it, my heart will be broken. But that's the magic that this season's already bringing to you. Are they getting a little bit of fortune? Yes, but that's but you need that. You need some puck luck. You know what they that's haven't hockey. had. You you know what they haven't had in a while. Any sort of luck. Yep. I mean, I think it all started when the lotto ball rolled their way. Yeah. But now you've got Patrick Line with five seconds left, and he dings a post. You've got Kucherov from the right face-off circle. Hutton's there, but he hits the post. Hutton looks like he makes the save both of those times, but he just happens to have some extra help. It's just cool to see this, and I'm already talking about playoff situations for this team because... What has Buffalo done to really hinder any of that confidence? In the games they're not playing well, they still find ways to win. And that's going to be something that yep. good teams do. Yeah. Because you're never going to get your best out of a team 82 games out of 82. That's impossible. It's literally impossible. It's just not going to happen. So long as the effort and like how much they give a damn is still there, then that part really won't matter because we're seeing it constantly with this team, very much getting reminded of it many times in this win streak. You can't count this team out of anything anymore. I had that feeling before the win streak got started. I had that feeling at the Vancouver game. When I went to the game, I got tickets for it. 
And people are leaving at the 3.30 mark left in the third period. They're down by two still. And my thought was, I don't know, I'm not going to say these people are making a mistake, but I feel like they're making a mistake. Because they've already shown before in this season that they, as long as they just keep playing their game, they can do it. And in the third period, they were playing their game. Um, second period, they just got washed. First period, they were in survival mode because they were down two forwards. Hockey's a hard game with four lines. Yeah. They almost had three. They basically had three. They had three and one. Three and one person. <laughs> that's how, that's that's just not how hockey is played. <laughs> so they go ahead and hold on into survival mode in the first period with a one nothing lead. Blow said lead. End up down 3-1. And I'm thinking here with three and a half minutes left, they can still do this. Then at the three-minute mark, I'm like, are we really going to be robbed by Jacob Markstrom of all people? <laughs> And then it didn't happen. They came back. They forced overtime. Overtime was exciting. Yep. And then I saw the most necessary tripping penalty in the world. Yep. <laughs> Jeff Skinner had to stick that foot out. But that was just one game. What do they do from there? Well, they come back against Winnipeg. They're down 2 nothing against the Wild. The Wild game is where... It was wild. I hate you. But yeah, it's true. The wild game Saturday was where I'm now thinking this team is for real. That was the game for me. For you, it was Vancouver. For me, it was Minnesota because seeing them do that against Vancouver and then they, and then they did against Anaheim too, I wanted to see what they could do against the top echelon of teams in the league. They beat Tampa. They come back against Winnipeg. And then they come back against Minnesota. They beat three of the top five teams in the league three straight games. Yeah. That right there tells me they're for real. And playoffs is a huge option for them. I won't be dis I won't be disappointed if they miss the playoffs. Because if they miss the playoffs this year. Something went wrong, and it could be inter- It could injury. be anything. It could be an in- It could be big. It could be injuries. It could be someone or multiple people stop playing well, or like anything. But the fact that they could come out, they came out, and in the first twenty games of the year, had have a huge start that reignited the fan base. Right there tells me they're moving in the right direction. They got something to build off of, and they're going to get better. My big thing is that what I was seeing is their finishers. Yeah. They may not start well. They may not continue well, but they finish. They They have done something already. They've been finishing games strong, but at the same time, I'm worried by it. You can be worried by it, but here's something that I've realized with this team. Last year, when they were down after 40 minutes, it was always game over. They won only five times. Yeah. This year alone, 20 games in, they have come back and won four of those times. Already. Yeah. And that tells you something, that this is not a team that is going to give up anymore. No. Yeah. And that and that's true. And that And that's true. It's just that... Defenses are going to start to be better as the season goes along. 
I get that. When you the first couple months of the year, scoring's always up. There's always going to be a lot of goals being scored. There's always a lot of shoddy defenses or whatever. But as the season goes along, it kind of starts to it starts to mold itself together. And that's when you see the teams that are good and the teams that are bad start to separate themselves. Like it's still really close. It's still close right now. But as once January hits, that's when you know that's when the teams start to separate themselves. So my problem is if the Sabres keep having these bad starts, when teams start to shore up their defense and are able to play a better, more locked down when they get a, a big lead or something, I don't know if they'll be able to come back. I don't think I I don't think they'll they're still not going to give up. They could be down four to one heading into the third period against Tampa in like March. And the team that play the Tampa and Sabres team that plays in November, the Tampa and Sabres team that plays in March are probably two different teams. Exactly. The team in November the Sabres team in November could come back and tie that game and even win it. The team in March, you they probably come back. If they're lucky, they tie it. More so they probably lose four two, four three. Or so more that's so my they lose by more. Sure, sure, but I want I I want to see this team get on better starts because if they could keep up with if if teams are having good starts on them and they're able to keep up, that's a more complete team. If Pittsburgh scores two minutes into this game, and the Sabers five minutes later tie it, you're not worried. Because that's what you want to see. I don't want to. I, it's it's gonna bite them if they keep going into getting out of the first period down multiple goals. If they're down one, but they're playing well, that's fine. That's the thing. We've seen them be trailing in games, and they're just they're just losing on the scoreboard. That's it. Yeah. And I'm never really all that worried about this team right now. Like that's the strangest thing is that I'm not worried about this team. Yeah. Because. Not only do they have the will to get back into games this year, they also have the talent. Yeah. You get Connor Sherry and you get Jeff Skinner for cheap. What else do you really need to say anymore at this point? Because of the fact that the Bills, uh, the Bills, yeah. that the Sabres, I, I was looking at the computer screen and I saw the Bills. Um, the Sabres have been able to come back in games just because they just simply keep playing their game. I know. Totally like ripped off of a locker room sound there. Oh, you know, we just got to keep playing our game and uh, good things will happen. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> they're literally telling the truth right now. That's not just player jargon anymore. They're actually speaking like prophets. If you keep playing the way you're playing in that game, which is fast and loose and keep going, you happen to actually have the talent now to actually get it done. That's what makes it hilarious to me is like, that cliche sentence that is said by any player ever in a player interview. That's that's the actual truth with this yeah. team. They yeah. do keep playing their style and they do keep coming back in games and they do keep winning games. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how fans are gonna react if they lose tonight. They're like, what? We lost a game? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Are you sure about that? I don't believe you. It does help, too, that a lot of teams are still playing their backups against them. Some are. Winnipeg played Brassois. Tampa's played Domingue. 
and actually Pittsburgh's starting to Smith tonight. I mean, really, with the Pittsburgh goalies, I don't know what much of the difference is. But you're tell, are you telling me DeSmith is the goalie tonight? He is the goalie. He's the goalie? He's the guy. He's the guy tonight? DeSmith is the guy tonight? And he's actually been better this year. He's at... See? We're facing the better goalie tonight. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Murray has not been good. And I'm not, I'm not going to say anything more about that. But really, the Pittsburgh defense isn't much better as a whole anymore. No. They were kind of shaky last year. Crystal Tang looks like the best defenseman on that team all over again, which is not good. And Jack Johnson signing looks exactly what it, it was supposed to be, which is why you do that. Yeah. Why you you, why you, you traded Connor Sherry and you signed Jack Johnson with the money. To sign Jack Johnson. Tell me the sense in that. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. But I'm going to happily take it oh, and yeah. face you and try to burn you around the damn wing. Just watch out because Phil Kessel will burn you too. Phil Kessel will burn. Phil Kessel will burn you. It's going to happen. Yeah. I bet Kessel gets a goal in this one. Yeah, probably. Because he too is a saber killer. Mostly due to his time in Toronto. <laughs> but Phil Kessel's still really good. That's the other thing. Um, yeah, the, the defense is going to have to watch out for Phil Kessel because he's still got the burn. He's still got the wheels. And he can still do it. Um, as a matter of fact, a couple times uh, against Minnesota, I've seen... In particular, Zach Bogosian getting torched around the wing. And I'm like, no, that's exactly what I didn't think you were going to let happen. <laughs> so there are heart attacks in the defensive zone. There are heart attacks in the defensive zone. Oh, yeah. But what do you get in return? That defensive core is putting up points at a clip that last year you would have called me a liar. Like one year ago today, we still have zero goals from defensemen. Yep. Last game... We got two goals by defensemen. As McCabe and Darlene scored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think right. about that. Yeah. I think they're up to now six of the year. No. Total for defensemen. Well, six different defensemen have scored. McCabe oh. and Darlene have doubled up. So is it eight now? I think bull has got two as well. Yes. Because bull scored against Colorado and then he scored against Vancouver. You got three defensemen with two goals. I think Ristol's got a couple. I know Ristol's at least got the one. And, and Bogosian's got one, too. Yeah, Bogosian's got everyone but Casey Nelson has one. Yeah. But now you got a couple that have two. Yeah. And you have a game where two defensemen scored. Last yeah. year, that's a pipe dream. Yeah. With mostly the same cast. Just added Rasmus Dahlin. You added Rasmus Dahlin. You technically added Zach Bogosian. Technically. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't really all that available last year. You're getting more Zach McCoshin. How's that? Yeah. But really, it's mostly the same group plus some Rasmus Dahlin kid that looks amazing. And by the way, you're seeing Dahlin this year. You saw that Winnipeg game. He was all sorts of out of sorts. Winnipeg attacked him with speed and an aggressive forecheck, and he was turning pucks over just like everyone else. But... At the same time, what did he go ahead and do? One night later, flips the script, puts up probably his best game as a saber. That assist to McCabe was 
literally every play that we watched in his highlight reel from Sweden. He cuts into the middle, dancing around, and then he sees McCabe at the last second, dish. And McCabe is able to finish it off on, admittedly, a tough angle shot. But by the way, that's two Sabres in the blue paint. Frank, what is that called again? Is that crashing the net? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's two Sabres in the blue paint. They're playing the system that we all saw coming from Nashville and Phil Housley. The D-men are active. The D-men are scoring. The D-men are doing exactly what we all thought that they would. Phil Housley's looking like a legitimate coach all over again. Why? Well, holy crap, we actually have talent. Holy crap, you give a coach talent and all of a sudden things go well. It's not even necessarily talent. It's speed. You gave him speed. Gave him more talent, let's be real. Yes, but again, you gave him more speed is the main thing. Because Tim Murray wanted to play it like Dinosaur League and be the L.A. Kings. How's that working, by the way, Kings? About that. Frank, with the ultimate cringe face, I'm just going to say that because people don't see it. You they're have a pretty good cringe face there. They're the worst team in the league. By far. Yeah. But they remember, fired, They've already fired their coach. Yeah. GM might be next after they've already canned Dean Lombardi. Yeah. Actually, a lot of that's still his fault. Yeah. So never mind. Maybe they don't can the GM. Because they have... I doubt it. Yeah. They have a lot of things to deal with from Lombardi's uh, style of building a roster. Not even style of building the roster, just... Contracts. Yeah. His contracts are still there. It's just the contracts, really. And L.A. even trying to get some speed. They traded Tanner Pearson for Carl Hagelin. Straight up, one for one. Yeah. And Hagelin looked all right in his first game. Pearson getting to play for Pittsburgh here. And I'm not going to say anything like, oh, this could be interesting. The dude has one point this year. 17 games. Johan Larson is more than that. Zemgis Giergensen's the snake bitten has more than that. Yeah. He who I think continually needs to sacrifice a goat <laughs> with the amount of chances he flubs on. And I know I'm making, I'm I'm probably being too harsh on Zemgis, but at the same time, damn, I've never seen anyone more cursed in my life. Speaking of snake bit, and Casey Middlestat still looks good. I just love the fact that he knows he's still doing well, and that all he has to do is just keep going. Eichel knows he just has to keep shooting. There are things that are still not going right for this team, but will change. In due time. So maybe some of the strengths won't be as strong, but some of the weaknesses won't be as weak. Jack Eichel only has four goals. He's shooting at less than 5% now. He's fine. He's fine. Jeff Skinner has a... Jeff Skinner's shooting percentage is over 21%. Not only that, but Eichel's still at a point of game pace. He's shown that he's become an elite playmaker. And the tank worked, I mean, and the Sabres are playing well. They're winning games. They're still getting top production from a top line that was reunited again late in Minnesota. Yep. And how about that kind of a dagger, by the way? Jason Pominville with a minute 37 on a backhand play. That that play doesn't happen, by the way, without effort. 
So stupid fans that decide that they don't like Jack Eichel for some strange reason and call him out for uh, being a lazy player, explain to me how he goes into the corner, fetches the puck out, and Palmville is able to put a backhand on that surprises Dubnik and hugs the post and in. Oh, wait, you can't tell me anything against that because it's a dumb take. By the way. By the way, that's the bad parts of the internet right there. People that actually think that Jack Eichel's not worth it. Line rushes for this morning. Skinner, Eichel, Pommerville. Yeah. I figured the line would be back once they were reunited. Sam Reinhart has been meh at even strength, but he's still putting together a solid point production total this year as a secondary score. Would you like more from a number two overall pick? Yeah. But is he still at least giving you something? Yes. At this, I at, can't deny that. At I, this point with... You'd be cherry-picking. At this point with Reinhardt, I just want to see what he can do with, spe- with with guys that have speed on the team. I don't care anymore about him being like, oh, I want to see more from him because he was the number two overall pick. Him being the number two overall pick does not matter anymore to me. I, I, I think because that... Because the GM that we have now didn't pick him. I get that. It just is more or less the fact that, yeah, you would like to see more. Yeah, I, I would he's, like got, to see more. he's got the talent where he can be a 60-point player. But at the, sa- but at the same time— He still time, might be on pace for that. Yeah. But at the same time now, I guarantee you this. If Botra was our GM in 2014, he doesn't take Reinhardt. Who do you think he takes? I think he takes Dreisaitl. Which is strange because Tim Murray wanted to have bigger players and he didn't take the bigger player there in Leon Dreisaitl. I think you. I think Batro would take Dreisaitl because he is exactly what the t- he would want in a guy to build, to build with. By the way, Reinhardt, I think on pace right now for 49 to 50 points. That's fine. I did the the quick math on that one based on how he's been playing so far this season. I But the big thing for me is really this. You're getting secondary scoring now from a lot of places, from defense, from other lines. Was the Eichel line out there for the last two goals? Yes. Are they still largely relying on the top line? Yes. But you have a power duo that I've continued to mention now. You have a power duo. And it's one of those things that you need in this league to have a good team. Is to have that elite winger-center combo on the top line that can get things done. I look and I see it all the time. And I continue to bring it up all the time. Tampa, Stamkos Kucherov. Pittsburgh, Crosby Malkin. Throughout the years. Chicago, Taves Kane. Calgary, Monaghan. Goudreau, Boston, Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand. There's a reason David Pasternak leads the league in goals. Yeah. He is an elite playmaker. Pretty good. And Buffalo's got one here. And they continue to do things. Skinner didn't score a goal. And guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Because they won. 
Nobody's saying, oh, God, get Jeff Skinner off this team. He didn't score a goal. No, because the dude already has 14 in 20 games. His his goal pace went down to 57. Oh, God. How dare he? But you know what you see? You see that You see that excited face on Jeff Skinner when Palmanville scores that goal. You see that excited face on him. When Darlene scores that goal. Yeah. Because this team is embracing the moments. They believe in themselves, and that is truly contagious. When you see a man saying, a young man saying, I love playing for this team. I love playing for this team. Based on what Ryan O'Reilly said last year, that is a far different locker room already. I'm not going to truly blame Ryan O'Reilly. But at the same time, well, there is a pattern. Misfortune tends to follow him. I'm not going to say that he's the problem, but, you know, sometimes the woe is me thing can be contagious. It could be something that ends up on another person's thought process. You know, the constant, I need to be better. I need to be better. Yeah, St. Louis is last in the Central right now. But that's not his fault. Not even close. It's not even the team's fault. It's the goaltending's fault. We looked at it. Remember, Jake Allen and Chad Johnson have been awful. Johnson put put up his save percentage at least. What is it? Finally above an eight seven. It's at nine sixteen. Good for him. He's at the average. Yeah. Where's Jake Allen? Eight ninety. Oh, he even got better. Yeah. When we last checked on them, they were at like an 8-7-something. You might as well have put like the, uh, like, you know, that goalie cutout? You could have put that in net, and it probably would have done better. I'm <laughs> not kidding. An 8-7. Woof. The only thing that was worse was uh, Antti Niemi to start last year <laughs> when he was hanging around 780. That's Frank's save percentage right there. Hey. <clears throat> well, it makes sense considering the team in front of me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sabres are – they're fun. You get to talk about playoff potential. You get to talk about playoff matchups and if they can keep this kind of pace up. And, hey, you know what we also get to do? We could start spinning around the rumor mill. Be like, hey, who want, who's a who's a trade target? Who sucks right now? Anaheim's bad. Uh, what does Anaheim have? Anaheim has defense. Um, we can get ourselves a, a nice little defender with a, an expiring contract. Frank, go to Cap Renly. Uh, <laughs> Anaheim's not trading a defenseman. I mean, are you sure about that? Yes. What if we offered them a first? What if we offered them... Ennis Weber in a third. <laughs> they have no UFA defenseman. What if we offered them Ennis and Felino? <laughs> well, then you get <laughs> you get Bob and Phillips Candela. Then you get a top line winger and a top four defenseman. Neat. Neat things are neat. And while you've seen a decline in Scandella's play from last year to this year, you've seen an improvement in a big way, in Pominville's from last year to this year. 
but both of them have shown you that you immensely won that trade for good God. And again, nothing against Tyler Anderson, Marcus Foligno. They gave you some fun times. But man, you want to talk about a house, like like just like a robbery right there from Minnesota. The reason Chuck Fletcher loses his job, it's because he made constant deals like that. And bad contracts. And but, bad contracts. So with Anaheim, their top two defensemen are both injured on IR right now in Fowler and Lindholm. Ooh. So I forgot Cam Fowler did not start the season for them. Yeah. So right now, they still have Josh Manson. Okay. Brandon Montour. Okay. Obviously, people would love to have Brandon Montour. There is no way Anaheim trades him. I mean, what if He's, I offered him a first? Anaheim would. I, if I'm Anaheim, I'd say no. The rights Brandon to Mon- my, the rights to my second child and Mike Weber. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make it your first child. No, first child's uh, probably going to get another forward to boost. The top nine. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, when when Anaheim has a healthy defense. First, firstborn's going to Pittsburgh because so I can get Phil Kessel. Oh, okay. <laughs> when Anaheim has a By the way, the Sabres probably not going to be players this year on the deadline. They only have like one million or so in cap space. You'd have hey, to move you can, money. You can, you can do that. Like someone's going to have to offer their firstborn child at that point. <laughs> to make some magic work with contracts. You know what? If there's anyone who, if they, if Sabres want to make a trade like that, bring in someone at the deadline and be buyers. Batro's someone who can move around money. That's true. But <laughs> if Anaheim has a healthy defense, Fowler, Lindholm, Manson, Montour is their top four. Which is a very good top four. Yes. There's no way they're trading any one of them. But there's. Still incredibly weird. And I've also been hampered by injuries all year. You know what? I'm going to throw Perry around. being out doesn't help. I'm going to throw around a second round pick to try to see if I can get Mark Stone from Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> or eventually from San Jose when he gets traded and then flipped again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. We can figure this out. We'll eventually get him. Uh, no, there's there's plenty of things that we're going to be able to talk about with the trade deadline. And that's something that we have not been able to mention as a thing, as potential buyers for a while. I think as of right now, for me, if I'm the Sabres and, I, and I, at the trade deadline, I don't care where they are in the standings. They could be in a playoff spot. They could be in the hunt. They could be completely out of it. I'm staying put. You think they're good here? I think the I think you stay put, you keep building what you have. I would agree with that. I think though if you're like suddenly second in the division somehow, I think the old I think the only way you can see them make a move is if a player who I think a player who not a U a potential UFA guy, a non-rental, yes, becomes available. I would say it's either that or you're in a wild card spot and you want to try to face a team. Like, say they do really well against Toronto this year. And you have a chance to draw them in the playoffs instead of having a wild card spot and then have to face Tampa. 
there might be a push to go and get something. Probably. I think if you want to adjust. If they, if the Sabres do make a trade, I think it's for a forward. I would agree. I don't think they go for defense. I think you build with what you have right now on defense because they still got Gooley in the minors. They still got Lawrence Pilute in the minors who's doing really well. I think and, I saw he's projected to get 97 points as a defenseman. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. That's not pretty Honestly, I hate to sound like a, a weirdo about this, but I kind of just want to see it happen. Like he sticks in the minors and hits like 100 points as a defenseman. I, I want to see that too. That would be badass. Yeah. Like that would be something like, yeah, he didn't do it for the Sabres, but that goes down in history. Oh, yeah. But I feel like the Sabres would make a trade for a center. I could see that, yeah. Because Saboka and Berglund could play center wing. You'd be able to go three deep on center. Same with Rodriguez. You have a lot of flipping pieces. That but you would don't at have least a true give, center. They need. They need. I, I think more center depth would be good because that if you could get a if you could find if you could trade a first round pick and get a good center. What's Derek Broussard's contract looking like in Pittsburgh? I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, so he'd be a rental guy. Yeah. Wouldn't be a bad option if that's no, what they want to go for. Terrible. That's what they want to go for. I mean, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. Ask Pittsburgh to retain some salary on the way out there, and then it comes off of everyone's I mean, books. Even... But then it comes off of everyone's books at the end of the year anyway. Yeah. So what's the big deal? Especially if they're bad. Like they if wouldn't they even need to. Honestly, like if, like if Pittsburgh doesn't get out of that rut, here's the thing. Sabres' current cap space right now is a little over a million. Yeah. According to Cap Friendly, by the trade deadline, they're going to be at almost six. Care to explain that? I'm going to. How does that happen? So. Is there a provision that gives you more cap space near the deadline? According to Cap Friendly, the deadline cap space is the total sum of cap hit values that the current daily cap hit can be increased by to remain complement before the, the cap ceiling at season's end. When a team is using LTIR, this is estimated as the remaining LTIR salary pool. So long-term injured reserve. Yes. We don't have any of those problems. Yeah. We don't have an injured player. So how would we get well, six million? Well, an LTIR, that, that's, but that's projected. So they think that we're going to have something happen. I don't know if it's I think they're going to have something happen or it's when you have guys on IR or LTIR at that point in the year. Hunwick. Yeah. Hunwick was a cap dump. Hunwick's at 2.25 right now, and he's still on IR. Yeah. If Hunwick ends up remaining You know who there, else is on IR right now? Scott Wilson. I know. like He'll be back in a couple months, though. He'll be back before the deadline. Yes. And he's also not making a lot of money, so that don't factor in that much. So think about so think about this though. If you put Matt Hunwick on LTIR, you say that two point two five comes off your books. You're exactly. still paying him, but the cap comes off. The cap comes off, and that so becomes then available. there becomes a flexibility. There comes three million on your cap because of the million that you have. That's the right. I forgot about flexibility. I forgot about Matt Hunwick. Yeah. It was like the same thing with the Leafs the last couple of years too. They slid Joffrey Lupo's contract and Nathan Horton's. There's $10 million that they freed up just by putting them in LTIR. 
Interesting. All right, then. Well, we can worry about that in March. Yeah, we, we got that. We can worry about that in February. We can worry about that in February. Yes, maybe January. I'm selfish. Sure. I want things. I know you do. <laughs> I'm irrational. I know. So, they'll be able to. If if Derek Broussard's a guy that they're going to go for, eh, go for it then. Yeah, this will be interesting. As long as they can keep this up. Starts tonight, obviously, with Pittsburgh and being able to take on that game. But how do you do it? Well, just keep playing well. Keep doing what you're doing. And that's been the biggest thing is that the Sabres are just keeping their head down and they're just going on. What do we see from there? That's your big question. But I like being able to talk about this stuff. It's fun. You know what else is going to be fun, Frank? Having a reason to watch the Bills again this season. Oh, yes. I've dipped my toe back into the Bills. And we're going to talk about them for a moment before we do our sad excuse of pick'ems. Yeah, they played Jacksonville this week. They played Jacksonville this week. Who, who yesterday gave the game away to Pittsburgh. They choked. Let's let's not let's, let's not be real. In. Let's be real with that game. Both teams did not deserve to win, but one choked. But one gave the game away. One succeeded in choking. Yes. Pittsburgh just kept doing this. <coughs> there it is. They got it out. Jacksonville did not succeed. God, even Pittsburgh was trying to give the game away. Yeah, yeah, they were right, but right at the end. Constantly going for pass plays in the red zone. And then the very last second, Bratzberg's just like, I'm going to run it in myself. And it's like like a minute ago, you could have just done that and gave it or just give it to James Conner. Are you running against Jacksonville? Let's be real. No. I I would. You're not. I would would do it. You could try to do it. It doesn't work. If you do it once and it doesn't work, they have the that's top fine. five defense in the league. I understand. What are you going to do against them? You're on the one yard here. So here, here is, but here is, here's the thought process for me. You're on the one yard line. You got there because Jacksonville's doing stupid things. Now they have. Now that's in their head. Are they? Are they completely? You're and your Pittsburgh is also a team that is known for their passing. So you know that they're going to try to key up on the passing. When you're on the one-yard line and you have this momentum, just run the ball. Do it once. If it fails, if it listen, it could fail miserably. It could. Then it's fine. Go for it. Then you could pass it. That's fine. But the fact is that they didn't even attempt to. Hey, I'm not going to argue it. The way that they won was laughable, but you know what's going to be more laughable? Seriously, we need to put Benny Hill or Yakety Sacks in the background of the entire Bills-Jaguars game. Because this game is going to be about which quarterback derps it up the most. Will it be the rookie who is raw? Or will it be the Blake Bortles who is Bortles? I can't wait for this game to be like 3 nothing. Are you kidding? There will be a defensive touchdown in this game. Book it. <laughs> Probably. There might be two. There might be three. Who knows? 
With the Bills offense, anything is possible defensively. Wait. <laughs> yeah, I said that right. Can you say the same thing about Jacksonville's offense? Yes. Yes, you can. With these two offenses, could all the is, touchdowns be de- be defensively in this game? Possibly, it might just take one. <laughs> so this game's probably gonna be like what seven three. I'm probably looking at like ten six. Oh god. Which means yes, that's two scoring six. plays for each team. But a lot of those field goals are gonna be because someone threw an interception, and then the defense held strong. And then the other defense holds strong. Like, this is going to be last year's playoff game all over again. Oh, God. You're welcome. <laughs> but you know what it's not as pathetic as? Last week's pickums. We are but. Tonight's Monday Nighter. Is fun. Which is going to be the best game ever. Hopefully. It'll it's, be a, this is totally not going to match expectations. We have to oh realize God, this, right? It doesn't. Like, everyone's got this thing on I know. hype machine turned up to 15. Take the over. Like, this is hype machine turned up to 15. You know what's going to happen? This, but, so, Someone's going to put up 12 points, and we're just going to be like, what happened here? This game is going to decide who wins Peckhams this week. Okay, that's great, but we both were ass. We're both at five. Ew. Yeah. Christ. All right. That said, <laughs> let's go into the pickums. <laughs> Why do we do this? Why do we keep doing this? <laughs> We're so trash. Yeah. Okay. So, thank it's the week of Thanksgiving, which means I get, get food, football, and family all stuffed into one day. And yes, I use that word properly and on purpose. So the first game of the of the Thanksgiving. What time? Is at twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. Okay, plenty of time to get. You know, you're well. You're well awake. Some people have maybe played some Thanksgiving football with some friends or some family, and now you get to come back inside, or you already are inside, and most of your food's probably already prepared by twelve thirty, right? Am I right? Hopefully, I'm right. Or you're cooking the turkey, eh. and it's and it's gonna not not gonna be done till like four o'clock. The turkey is about half done. Turkey might be half done, or you're just getting it in the oven now, and guess what that means? you got all the time to kick back and watch the football, at least the first And game. the game that you get to watch is Bears-Lions. Ew, one team's going to die. Because what happened the last two, the last time these two teams faced off, which was not that long ago, Khalil Mack blasted through the Lions' offensive line, destroying Matt Stafford, and I think Stafford got sacked ten times against the Bears. <laughs> Sorry, taking Chicago. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? The way that they Yes. Here's the problem though. The Bears, I mean the Lions too. They're on a short week both of them. And like all these teams are probably on a short week. It's just going to teams. It's just going to be can you survive? What do the Bears have? They have a pass rush. What do the Lions yeah. not have? Much of an offensive line. Yeah. I'm not saying another 10 sacks, but Matthew Stafford's in for a long one and he's going to have to make himself feel better when his family has some turducken ready for him at home when he gets battered. So, so the next game's at 4.30. You're either just starting to eat dinner, mm-hmm. turkey's just done, or you're about or you're going an hour your, in. Or you're going to your second, what, 4.30 now? Yeah. Or you're going to your second Thanksgiving dinner oh, yeah. with another set of family. Oh. 
yeah. and you're about to get more food. Yeah. So the race to the food coma is on. And, and you get to watch Falcon Saints. You're reading that. Oh wrong. wait, sorry. That's the that's the eight thirty game. Redskins Cowboys. That's unfortunate because the good game is when everyone's going to have a food coma. Actually, that might not be a good game. No, that know. might be a blowout. It might be a blowout because the Saints are amazing. Redskins, Redskins Cowboys. Colt McCoy versus Dak Prescott. The matchup everyone was waiting for. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what McCoy can do. Washington also signed uh, someone to be their backup. EJ Manuel. No. Mark Sanchez. Yes. They signed Sanchez. Over they Manuel. signed. They signed the Sanchez. Stay healthy, Colt McCoy. <laughs> Washington's terrible lead on the terrible NFC East relies on it. I'm taking Dallas. I'm taking Washington, and here's why. You don't want to pick Dallas. Not just that, though that is forever a reason. When the Redskins have won games, Frank, what was the theme? What have I said about them? I've said that they haven't beaten anyone. Yeah. The Cowboys are nobodies. That's why I suspect that they will win. When they had to face Houston yesterday, what happened? Well, other than Alex Smith's leg breaking Joe Theismann style and Joe Theismann saying, oh, God, that was terrifying. 40 years from the day, actually. Yeah. yeah. On the same 40-yard line. Oh. <laughs> Think about that. Oh. So, obviously, you hope Alex Smith gets better. But I also know that Colt McCoy is one of the better backups in this league. And the Cowboys, again, are a bunch of nobodies. What's their record, even? They're 5-5. Five and five. This winner takes the East lead, doesn't they? Yeah. Oh, boy. For the love of God, and Dallas Washington. Dallas is on a two-game win streak. For the love of God, Washington, do something. But Dallas even, is on a two-game win streak where but even then Washington, they, beat the, they beat the Eagles, and then, they beat, and then they beat the Falcons. The Falcons one kind of surprised me. The Eagles are showing that they are not last year's team. Not even close. But even then, the Redskins, didn't they make a game out of it in Houston? Yeah, it was 23-21. See? <clears throat> I think that there's a chance that they can do something here. And again, when the Redskins play teams that are not good or – Average and mediocrity defined, they win. I think that's the theme of the season. Washington's going to win the NFC East because they haven't played anybody. And their whole division is a bunch of nobodies. All right, so 830 game, Atlanta, New Orleans. You're at food coma status. You're You're shoveling in the last of the pie into your mouth begrudgingly but willingly at the same time. And you get to watch. And sleep through Falcon Saints. You're gonna you're what you're watching the game. It's nothing, nothing. You close your eyes. You open them. It's fourteen, nothing, New Orleans. Then you close them again, and you open them, and it's thirty-five, nothing, New Orleans. Or or hear me out. You watch a half of football, and it's over. And you just get that. You just get the knockout. Yeah. It might be drawn up perfectly. Yeah. Because the Saints are ridiculous, and look like a team that just are on a whole nother level. Like, we're hyping up this Monday night game. The Saints e- easily beat both of those teams. They've already beaten the Rams. And they could easily beat the Chiefs. 
So there it is. I mean, <laughs> and you know what? I think at the end of this podcast, Frank, I think we're going to do something fun with it with uh, with Thanksgiving. Okay. So we'll we'll do these pickups and then we'll 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 play a little game about Thanksgiving. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Now we're into Sunday. I think Cincy gets back on track with this game. Is it because Hugh Jackson's now on Cincy? Ha! Hugh Jackson revenge game. Or is it because you think the Browns have hired Condoleezza Rice? (laughs) (laughs) That was something I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask Lindsay that one, and we didn't get a chance to. It's all right. Um, That one's an interesting little thing there. It, It it's disrespectful that that that's even being reported because there are women that are in the NFL coaching ranks that are trying to work their way up. We've seen several of them in Buffalo, no less. And here you are saying, oh, they're going to interview Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, that's great. It'd be the first woman ever to get an interviewing job. But uh, she is hardly qualified. She may know football, but she doesn't know coaching. Yeah. So get the hell out of here, Browns. Now I hope you lose again. So you're going Cincinnati? Yes. Okay. That was my long way of saying I'm taking the Bengals. Also, A.J. Green might be back. And that's yeah. your bigger problem. All right, New England, Jets. Do I need to specify here nope. what's going on here? Nope. The Jets didn't even prepare for Matt Barkley. All right, let's go. Giants, Eagles. Eagles. Philly gets back on track. Also, it's the Giants. Also, it's the Giants. But they won against Tampa. Yeah, but it's Tampa. How did Tampa beat the Saints? I don't know. Speaking of Tampa, they play in the Niners. <laughs> um, Nick Mullins or Fitzmagic? Niners. I'm going to go Tampa. I'm going Niners because the last time Nick Mullins was a thing, they played a terrible defense. What's Tampa? True. The Giants beat them. Yeah, I know. Seahawks. Wait. The Giants have beaten both of those teams. I don't in care. a row. The I Giants have a two-game win streak. Shut up. What the hell am I? Shut up. They're blowing their tank. Shut up. They have as many wins as the Bills now. Shut Great. up. Seahawks, Panthers. I'm going Seattle here. I was a big believer in Carolina, but you got to go with what's hot right now. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. I think Seattle is slowly defined themselves as one of the wild card teams. If they beat Carolina, they are a favorite. To do that. All right. Because I think Seattle then gets San Francisco twice and Arizona once. Raiders, Ravens. Ew. Lamar Jackson. Yes. Which sucks because the more the Ravens win, the less likely John Harbaugh gets fired. All right. And that man needs to get fired. Arizona, Chargers. Chargers. Come on. All right. Pittsburgh, Denver. Pittsburgh. These seem real easy. This is a trap. Yeah, like some of these ones that we're going to do. I'm also going Pittsburgh. They're going to lose. Like, why? why? Watch the Chargers lose. Watch Pittsburgh lose. At Pittsburgh lose a match, and that surprised me. It is Road Ben. It's also the Broncos. Maybe Bradley Chubb eats that day. I don't know. Anyway, carry on. Dolphins, Colts. Colts. 
Indy's hot. They're kinda. so hot right now. Like, dude, they dropped they could, Tennessee yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> they Lord of mercy. Indy could sneak in. Indy might have a chance at this. Yeah, and I'm kind of happy for it. Yeah, Green Bay, Minnesota, is a Sunday nighter. Tie again between these two teams. No, I'm kidding. I'm picking uh, Minnesota because I do not respect Mike McCarthy anymore as a as a person in the NFL. True. Like, what is he doing with that team? Running it to the ground. That has Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. I know. They and Aaron I can't. I, they have Aaron Rodgers, and I can't have faith in picking them. All right, Monday Nighter, Titans, Texans. That's the Monday Nighter they give us after this one. Yeah, really. After, after Chiefs Rams, you're going to give us this, Houston by a mile. God. And finally, oh boy, Jacksonville, the Bills. You can, you still can legit pick a tie if you want to. You can pick can I a pick a streaker comes onto the field and gets in the end zone before one of these offenses. Yes. Make that happen, fans. Don't make that happen. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm gonna take the Bills. Reeling teams find ways to lose games, and Jacksonville has been that. Okay. They've been in a total free fall also. Just my hatred for Doug Marone. That too. I would just love to see Maroney Baloney just get blasted here. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about you there? I'm going to go Jacksonville. I respect it. That team was that team was one quarter away from the Super Bowl last year. Yep. Are they the Ottawa Senators? Well, next we need a video of some players bashing their coaches. Or getting arrested in London? That too. Or having Jalen Ramsey rumors coming out? Huh. Yeah, but they didn't. Interesting how that all works. (laughs) Are they the Ottawa Senators? Could they be moving to England? Are they the Ottawa Senators? They might be. They might be. Let's continue the slide. Go Bills. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Thanksgiving. I yeah. know you unfortunately got a uh, a rough one. You ended up getting forced to work here at the lovely Intercom Studios. Like it surprises me. I've since I started working here, I've always worked on Thanksgiving. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, Frank. I mean, to be fair, doesn't hurt me that much. I get to, one, make money, and two, I still can watch football. And it's fair, but you're missing out on the two major portions of Thanksgiving. And I said portions purposely. I know you did. Which is the family, but then more importantly, the food. The food. And, yes, this is the Leftovers podcast, and I know that Thanksgiving is our – Thanksgiving's almost our – like our show, our shindig, because the day after, like that is exactly us. So here's um, the thing. So here's the thing for me. Family, meh, don't matter. So well, food, how I, I love my family, but 
a lot of times, depending on what's going on, it ends up both but holidays. I end up F. not doing anything. <laughs> but anyway. you end up with another F word about that. <laughs> <laughs> but the food, yes, I understand. It might be the four Fs of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> food, family, but- football, and... <gasps> <laughs> And for bleep. But the yeah. But the food, yes, I understand. I love turkey, love stuffing, I love all that. Love all that. I just had some I had it last night. I'm good. You're never good. No, I like I've had my Thanksgiving. Is there ever too much? No. Is there ever too much turkey and potatoes? No. So I'll probably end up bringing some with me anyway. Alright, I want your top three pies for Thanksgiving. Pumpkin. You white girl. <laughs> Nothing wrong, by the way, about that. I'm just making fun of the fact that, you know, that is the flavor of the flavor du jour for Starbucks and all, all the other all stuff. Not real pumpkin, though. I'm not being misogynistic here. I'm just <laughs> making fun of Frank. True. Uh, apple. Apple pie. Mm-hmm. And... Probably go, like, chocolate, something like that. Could you be more basic? I mean, that's usually, like, then in again, years an past apple pie, when I You can't go, go wrong with an apple pie, though. Yeah, Let's you can't go real. wrong with an apple pie. Let's, but in years past, for me, whenever there was pie for dessert, those were the three All right, for then. my All family. Right. Well, I got a different three. Okay. All right? I want to hear it. All right. If I'm scouring the dessert table... At either of because like, I end up I'm I'm hashtag blessed I get to go to two different Thanksgivings on a Thanksgiving day. See, I always see for me I always have two options. I could go to one family on my dad's side or my family and my mom's. We side. end up having it at our like at the family house for like with my brother and my sister. We go to my parents and we like we all have Thanksgiving, and then at around four o'clock we congregate and we move. Um, my brother engaged therefore he goes off with her family my sister married they go off with uh his family but i go with my parents to my aunts Mm -hmm. and that's where the dessert table is that's where the money is that's where the money is like that's what you're fighting for for the day yeah yeah like i'm scarfing down food yeah but i am making damn sure that i get pies and i'm scouring and i'm do i'm scouting so what i'm scouting like this is you don't like so, how a quarterback's reading the field, and you want to find the best completion possible, and you got to find the coverage. Like, what are people flocking to the most as well? You got to make sure you get there first. So what pies? So I'm scouring. Where are your pies? My first read. My first read is the cherry pie. Okay. My first read's cherry pie because I know that's going to be the busiest amongst my family. Also because of the fact that apple pie is not as important to me. But apple pie is another read on there. Like, I, I got to look out for the apple pie, but it's not going to kill me if I don't get it. And that's why it's my third read. My second read, though, is my favorite one. And I know nobody's going to touch it, though, because it's so awesome for me because I get, like, half a pie. What and is I, it? And I shamelessly eat it. Okay. What is it? Lemon meringue pie. Okay. My grandma would cook it as a staple. And each of my aunts are, like, taking a turn at What's your dark perfecting horse? it. What's your dark horse pie? Ooh, my dark horse pie? Where one, it's like you could go for that anytime if you can't get the get a one that you like. Let's say you a can't, banana cream pie. Yo, that's mine too. 
that picked it up. That was a good high five. Uh, yeah, no, the banana cream pie is an yes. underrated pie. Yes. And there it is. We're going to end it on pies. Okay. We are ending this podcast on pies. Thank you for listening to the Leftovers Podcast, Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And you've been listening to us on demand on WGR550.com or on the Radio.com app. Sabres get two games in before Turkey Day. Yeah. Pittsburgh tonight, Philly. Four games this week. UB men's basketball, by the way, up to 22 in the power ranking, in the uh, polls, up from 25. Yeah. So they got up three spots. UB women's, unfortunately, fell to Oregon yesterday. And the Bills play the Jaguars. We've got a busy week. You best be ready. Eat that food. Get yourself energized. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it as I certainly will. I'm going to make that a goal. I always do. Thanks for listening. And you know, as they say, gobble, gobble.